This is the Bling Vieira Podcast. Got that right. And I'm your host, Bling. It is Tuesday, February 8th at 5.36 p.m. market time. The S&P 500 today closed at 45.21.54, up 37.67, up 8 tenths of a percent. High today of 45.31.32, quite a day, with a low of 44.65.40. So that would be, how many points is that, like 65 points? Not bad. Not a bad day. If you were on the right side and knew what you were doing, it would be a really bad day if you were trying to like day trade and and didn't know what you were doing. And you just got like, you just bought a bunch of stuff and just like held it and didn't actually trade anything. Not that I know what that's like today or anything. I didn't, I, that's, that's not like I did that today at all. The entire day, like a freaking genius, a genius. So if you're wondering how my trading went today, it was not good. So that's it. That's the episode. Thanks for listening to the Bling Vera podcast. Thanks so much. Spy today had a high of 451.92. Almost made it to 452 right there at the close. Spy. Such a scam. Um, where should I even start with today? It was a kind of a, a, a different day. Kind of strange. Um, the vibe was different. The feeling, the trading feeling was different. Also, I think it's worth mentioning right now before I forget. ICE, the international, no, is it? No, I forgot already. <clears throat> Intercontinental exchange? That one, I don't trade very often. Um, let me make sure I got it right before. Uh, I didn't spell this right. <clears throat> Come on, I can do this. Okay, let's read a little bit about ICE, the Intercontinental Exchange. The Intercontinental Exchange, ICE, is an American Fortune 500 company formed in 2000 that operates global exchanges, clearinghouses, and provides mortgage technology, data, and listing services. The company owns exchanges for financial and commodity markets, and operates 12 regulated exchanges and marketplaces. This includes ICE futures exchanges in the United States, Canada, and Europe. The LIF futures exchange in Europe, OTC, something, clearinghouses. So who cares about intercontinental exchange bling? What's your point? You don't trade it. It's not anything spectacular. What's your point? What's the problem here? Why are you bringing it up? Well, it's down after hours, along with Amazon, along with Apple, um, along with Microsoft, along with Facebook. I can keep scrolling through here, actually, because I haven't, I haven't looked yet, really. Um, Facebook, I already said that one. Piece of garbage, Facebook. Oh, I guess that's pretty much it. I rattled them all off. Pfizer is down after hours. Uh, Merck, C, uh, Chevron, Tesla, and gold. Of course, gold is down. Sorry, gold bugs. You, you have no safe haven. There is no such thing. There's no such thing as a safe haven. So your gold, your money, 
invested in gold is not safe because there's no gold and there's no money. Okay, this podcast took a turn for the worse, didn't it? Started talking about intercontinental exchange, and then now here we are. You got 10 more minutes to listen to, so you better like it. This is a burp warning for those of you. Also, it sounds like the freaking kids are in the alley today. Intercontinental exchange is red after hours. It's down three-tenths of a percent after hours. I watch ICE intercontinental exchange specifically for their behavior after hours. I'd say 49 times out of 50, it's not. There's nothing going on with it. There's absolutely, it's, it's probably the most boring instrument to watch, ICE is. However, there are times when it uh, goes negative after hours, such as right now. And during those times, that's when you have to strike when the iron is hot, as I've said before in the past. That means, do you guys know who owns the Intercontinental Exchange? Do you guys know who owns the New York Stock Exchange? Do you guys know about Enron at all? Natural gas and stuff? You guys should look into it and educate yourselves about the market and trading so you have a better understanding of things. And that way you'd already know what I'm talking about right now. So I don't have to explain it to you. But I'll explain it to you anyway. Um, Jeffrey Sprecher is the owner of the New York Stock Exchange. He's also the CEO of Intercontinental Exchange. So you could imagine that someone who owns the New York Stock Exchange, they probably have some pretty good insights, I think. Don't you, don't you think? They probably have some good uh, analysts. Oh, I think, no, JP Morgan's still not red after hours. We'll wait. It'll go red after hours. Don't worry. J, JPM will go red. <laughs> so... You would think that this, excuse me, that is a fair burp warning. Um, what a shitty podcast. Someone who owns the New York Stock Exchange, someone who owns multiple exchanges, is going to have consultants, is going to have a right-hand man. Someone who understands the markets that they own, and they're going to give them like a brief a little rundown of how the markets are running and uh, positions to take and what we should do and blah, blah, blah. Like as a consultant, that's what, that's kind of how it goes. You stand up for a few minutes, you talk on the phone, whatever, and you just give your opinion and for f 15 minutes and then you go watch TV, go watch movies in your office. Um, so for me, when ICE is negative after hours, by three-tenths of a percent, that means futures are going to be down. That means tomorrow is probably going to be down significantly. That means that the truth is coming out about this market. And by the truth, I just mean everybody's observations, everybody's um, reality is starting to settle in 
with where this market is. I think Facebook was the first, um, not victim, but the first casualty of all this and of all the lies and, and tech stuff. Facebook um, had a 52-week high of 384.33, and now it's at 220.85. And that all basically happened over the last month here when things started falling apart, unraveling for Facebook because it's just a website. There's nothing tech about it. So when that happened, when I saw Facebook go down 20% or however much, that's when I knew it's time. There's no more waiting. We got to go right now. Get your things. We're leaving. <laughs> that's how it works. You, you have to strike when the iron is hot. There are times, there's days like today, where you'll get into some positions maybe too soon or things get a little squirrely and you don't know what you're doing. Um, when that happens, it's okay. As long as the next day works out for you. But as long as you have a plan and as long as you kind of are not detached from reality, like this market has been for so long, then it's going to work out in your favor. It's going to work out. You're going to be all right. You're going to get it. You're going to land it. When I say this market is um, detached from reality, what do I mean by that? Well, Facebook, for example, um, 384.33 with a 52-week high, and that's just a website. Uh, what other ones do you want to do? Google, Tesla, Amazon. Amazon's probably all right, but um, Walmart, gold. Let's see what other ones I got on over here. PayPal, PayPal. PayPal is one that's definitely, I should probably look into that a little bit more because, oh, it's already half of what it was. Anyway, once you start to notice these names, and you start to notice like market behavior and you start to see which names are indicative of pullbacks of uh, indicators or early warnings, the, the canary in the coal mine, if you will. Those names, those instruments are valuable. And if you know what you're doing and you're fast enough, then you can position in a way that's going to be profitable when you have some of these names kind of um, letting you know what's going on beforehand. So a special shout out to Intercontinental Exchange today for that one. For the heads up, I appreciate it. After hours. Can't wait to take more money out of that New York Stock Exchange. Tomorrow. Shit, today. No, today, um, that would be Chicago with the futures and stuff. Uh, looks like they open up in 12 minutes, but we only got about three minutes left of this episode. Um, so now what do I want to talk about? I made a couple of episodes earlier this week, I think even last night, 
I've, I was doing a little bling on the street. I probably need to edit it and stuff. I was thinking about publishing it right now and letting you guys listen to it, but we'll wait till later. It's special. But um, yeah, so look forward to those B-sides coming through. There'll be some, uh, instead of me listening to the podcast, not going for a walk, I do the podcast while I'm going for a walk. How about that? I know, it's upside down. That's my life. Completely upside down at all times. Um, it seemed like I had a few more things to talk about. I think the writing is on the wall. I think, I don't um, particularly, I'm not a gamer at all. I'm into computers, but I'm not a gamer. I sometimes watch gamer shows based on their hardware reviews of computer hardware. And I don't subscribe to Gamers Nexus, but I watch their videos every now and then. It's just, it. they had a video where um, Newegg ripped them off for about $500 for a motherboard or something, and truly ripped them off. And I think that, to me, is also a good indicator. Because it's not stories that you heard your friends say, it's not whatever. It's like a legit business that's getting ripped off by a tech company. Because that's their business plan now is to rip people off. That's the only way that they can get money. When you order something online, through, not through Amazon, through somewhere else, somewhere else Target, or uh, even like ordering food, DoorDash, Toast, whatever app, it, try and get a refund if it doesn't work out for you. And it's not a lot of money. It's like $25 for a pizza if you order it on Toast through that stupid app. I had somebody, well, you can't get a refund, it's impossible, and that's because they're hard up for money. Real quick, I'll close the show with this. I ordered a pizza for $27, and I don't know what happened. I had a new phone, an iPhone 12 Pro Max, and I put the stupid, use my location when I was getting the app, anyway, it put my location as the university. And so this person just drops it off in the grass. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you. They text me. This is after the fact. They delivered my pizza just to like the university, a patch of grass. That's how detached all this stuff has made us. Technology. The convenience of ordering a pizza from your phone. It's like not really. Freaking huge headache is what it is. Now I'm out $27. I wrote him an email. Hey, I never got my pizza. This is the Bling Vieira Podcast. Oh, we'll get back to you. We received it. We'll, we'll respond shortly. In the meantime, like, okay. Well, I'm short the market. As a normal customer, didn't say, do you know who I am? Anything like that. Uh... My email is in there, so they could have looked and figured it out, but unlikely that the support staff even really know much about computers. We're going to insert just this quick update in here, too. So while making this video, we had posted on Twitter to complain about the issue, and Newegg suddenly jumped into action and refunded us and eventually sent the board back, but only after we complained on Twitter and Newegg saw that we had a high follower count, which makes the complaint a lot scarier than if it's most customers. And obviously, 
our interest is in doing what's right for most customers. We've always been consumer facing and oriented because that's what I am. That's what I came from as well. And so this just to us, it looks disingenuous that Newegg suddenly cares now when privately they didn't give a shit about us. But when we complain on Twitter to a hundred plus thousand people, suddenly they care. So it it falls flat and we don't believe it. We don't accept the apology.